Revelation, A Complete Commentary, by William R. Newell, Part 2, Judgment, Chapter 20 The New Creation Revelation 21, L. 8 And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth are passed away, and the sea is no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his peoples, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God, and he shall wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain, any more, the first things are passed away. And he that sitteth on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he saith, Write, for these words are faithful and true. And he said unto me, They are come to pass. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Three great passages, Isaiah 65 verse 17, 66 verse 22, 2 Peter 3 verses 10-13 and the present Revelation passage, deal with this stupendous subject, the new creation. The definite and repeated statements that the old earth and heaven flee away, pass away with a great noise, and are burned up, together with the statement that there was found no place for them, compel the conclusion that those who argue that these words indicate only a cleansing by fire and not actual eternal dissolution and disappearance, shrink from the searching realities of this subject. The word, create, is a solemn word to modify or trifle with. We know that create in Genesis 1 verse 1 cannot mean anything but the calling into existence of that which did not before have being, Hebrews 11 verse 3. And certainly Revelation 21 verse 1 is just as new a beginning, 120. The words, Behold, I make all things new, must be taken literally. It is not that things are, changed, or, purified. The very laws of material being must be included in the new creation. Our Lord entered and stood in the midst, the doors being shut, and said, Handle me, and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as ye behold me having. And our bodies are to be like unto his. In Isaiah 65 verse 17 God says, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. In the more than 120 Bible occurrences of the word, create, or its cognates, I can find no hint of any meaning except origination of things. There is no thought of a former creation, changed or cleansed. Furthermore, this Revelation 21 verse 1 plainly discriminates the two creations, in that one must pass away before the other appears. The matter thus lay also in the mind of our blessed Lord who said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. To one of the simplicity of a child, all these scriptures convey nothing else than the complete disappearance of a former creation and the appearing by the word of God of a material creation absolutely new. Even the resurrection of the body does not prove the eternal existence of matter already created. We read, That which thou thyself sowest is not quickened except it die, and, Thou sowest not the body that shall be, but a bare grain, but God giveth it a body even as it pleased him. 
the former grain was gone and dead. The germ of life, a profound and undying mystery, sprang up. It is certain that the redeemed will retain and possess forever the memory of that former sinful state in the first Adam out of which God in grace redeemed them, but that is no argument for the perpetuation of the old Adam, rather the opposite. For this is the great mystery of the cross, that their God secured the transference righteously of his saints from that Adam in which they were born into the last Adam and the new creation. Their guilt was put away, and they being identified with Christ, died with him and thus were brought to an end as to their history in Adam the first. Then God, having raised up Christ as the firstborn from the dead, made us alive together with Christ and raised us up with him. Now before this history, we are called, separate from Christ, having no hope, etc. But God now says concerning us we are, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. That which is now true of us as spirits, for that which is born of the Spirit is spirit, will, when Christ comes, become true of us as to our bodies. The fact that our Lord passed through doors, though in a body of flesh and bones, reveals that He was in that realm where all things are new, even the laws of existence and substance, as well as of action. We dwell on these things because this hanging on to the old creation, admitting only that it is to be cleansed by fire, this claiming that pass away does not mean disappear, but merely be changed, and that God's statement that the earth and the works that are therein will be burned up does not carry its simple and full meaning, but means only the clearing off the earth of its present order, the marks of sin, etc. All this we cannot but associate with the desperate effort of the legalists to hold on to Moses. They will, for instance, acknowledge justification by faith, but they must have the law as the rule of life. In other words, they will not consent to Calvary's being the end of their history, with only Christ to stand in and to glory in forever. Like Agag, they come whining, surely the bitterness of death is past. But we cannot but feel the power of the words, I create new heavens and a new earth. Creation unto new creation becomes thus the phrase that spans the Bible. The first creation was the sphere and scene of what God calls, the first things. Sin, beginning in heaven and with the highest of the creatures, challenging the will of the Creator as the creature's highest good, came in to mar, ruin, and wreck the first creation. Now comes at last, based upon Christ and His work, a wholly new creation which will never pass away, and in which the Apostle Peter announces that righteousness will be at home, 2 Peter 3 verse 13, Greek. Even the temptation to evil will be eternally absent, for every opportunity of rebellion against the rule of the Most High will have been thwarted, every such rebellion having been proved by experiment disastrous to the creature, as well as dishonoring to the Creator. The Two Final Classes He that overcometh shall inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But for the fearful, and unbelieving, and abominable, and murderers, and fornicators, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars, their part shall be in the lake that burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. While those who chose darkness and evil deeds are indeed seen in this final state, 
it is as eternally separated from holy beings, and under divine indignation, Revelation 21 verse 8. There is no longer any danger of invasion, either from former evil, or from temptation or trial in any sense whatever to God's holy ones. Not only is evil no longer triumphant, as at present, and in the days of Antichrist, and even, though checked, during the thousand years reign, but there is complete, deep, final rest from it. And will not that be a glad day? And, be it noted, the only two classes seen in this final eternal order are those who overcome, and those cast into the lake of fire. The overcomers, thus, are shown to be all God's true children. For all had the divine gift of faith, all were begotten of God. So we read in 1 John 5 verse 4, Whatsoever is begotten of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that hath overcome the world, even our faith.